And I want to chat to us this morning just a little bit about having this confident assurance about who we are. Because I think that it's easy to say that we are convinced of our salvation. Sometimes when we sit around and we have this conversation, then it's a case of, oh, well, I'm not quite 100% sure. If you have asked Jesus into your life, if you are mindful of who he is, and you've had this conversation with him, stop negotiating with the enemy and stop doubting and just believe in who you are. And more importantly, whose you are. But there is so much more that comes with that. I heard a story not so long ago about a, a gentleman who had saved up to go on a, on a cruise line, and that's all he wanted to do. And he got up enough money, and he bought his ticket, and he went on this cruise line, and every night everybody would go to the main dining hall, and they had an absolutely amazing time, and he would sit on the outside. And he'd have his little pack horse that he'd packed for himself, because he didn't think that he could afford to go and sit at the fancy tables inside, because he didn't necessarily look the part. And eventually somebody said to him, I said, why are you sitting outside here? Why don't you ever come inside? And he said, well, I only had enough money to buy the ticket to come on board. So that's all I have. So I'm happy to just be here. And he said, but sir, your ticket included three meals a day. Please come in. And I think sometimes that's how we treat our Lord with Jesus, is that we, we think that we've just come in. And Pastor Kurt mentioned last week that the being saved is, is more about just staying out of hell. There is a whole lot more to it. Our ticket that his name is Jesus gives us so much more than just simply waiting to die one day and see him face to face. It is so much more than just knowing that I don't have to walk around with the burdens of the past. It is so much more than having the freedom to become able to come into fellowship and be amongst other sons and daughters of the Most High God. It is so much more. Yeah. And it is our responsibility, and this is where we grow in our confident assurance in what it is that God has done for us. But we have to be the ones who are actually going to put in the time and effort to discover what that is. Because you can't come in here and honestly think, well, I'm going to now write off Dean's revelation of finances and see if my finances change. You can't sit and chat to Sam about the love of God and think, oh, well, if she's had the revelation, I'm going to run with that. No, no, no. When you have personal revelation from Holy Spirit about kingdom matters, it enables you and fills you with the power to be able to go and give it away. We've heard that saying time and time again that you can't give what you don't have. God is all about sowing and weeping. And for those of you who squirmed in your chair a little bit when you heard finances being preached from, from the book, it was very funny because Sean was chatting about that this morning as well. And it, it's just, God is all about sowing and weeping. So take the money one side and think, what are you sowing and what are you reaping? What does it look like, this Christian book of yours? There is a scripture in Philippians 1.6 where he says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. So before we get into that, do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Do you believe that Jesus is coming again? Is that your confident assurance that we will see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, that we will be those who will bow down in freedom and in confidence because we know that we have been accepted and grafted in and we do not need to fear him pushing us away? We have that confident assurance because of who he is. 
And I'm going to say this, many of us are confident that we're going to get the door. We're not necessarily completely convinced that we can do everything that is asked us to do. So to take this into scripture, I want to just go into John 3, um, where he's, he's speaking to Nicodemus, and Jesus answered, he said, I'll tell you the truth, that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised by me saying this, you must be born. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear it sound, you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You are not sitting here because you are the product of your mom and dad's great idea. You are sitting here because you are God's great idea. And we need to become so used to being and walking in step with the Spirit of God. He should be our, most, our closest friend. He should be the very voice that you want to hear before the closest person that you know in the natural. You should not be surprised when somebody confirms a word that's already stirring inside of you because your confidence should be in the word that's already stirring inside of you. But again, you cannot know that word unless you're actually spending time with the word, who is Jesus. In Luke 1, we have just come through Easter, Ascension Day, Pentecost Sunday. And I think sadly for many, we wait for that time of the year to have these amazing spiritual times with Jesus. And we think this is when Holy Spirit is going to come down and do this mighty work in our life. And I think we must honestly grieve him to see us waste the other 10 months of the year. Because he's constantly busy in you and I. He's constantly busy reproducing himself, his character. I was reading in, in Genesis 1 the other day where it says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water. I wonder if he saw his reflection in the water just before God said, let us make him in our image. Is it possible that when God looks at you, that he sees his own image and he knows exactly who you are and who you can be? He just needs you to get on board with it. And be fully persuaded and fully confident and absolutely confident in who it is that he's actually called you to be. So I want to have a look at a story that we know incredibly well. And it's in Luke 1, verse 26, where Mary, this young virgin woman who was not yet married, um, has a visit from an angel. Uh, like I said last time, actually, back when I ministered, could you imagine encountering an angel? Can you imagine him just popping in the cop and going, hey, Andy, this is what's happening next week. I think we would be quivering in our boots if we were warning. We would actually be so undone by the reality that this incredible, superior, supernatural being would come and speak to us. But there is something incredibly profound that I believe that we need to grab hold of Mary's response and the conversation with this angel. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, the descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. <coughs> 
You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Can you imagine taking in all of this information? It's one thing to find out that you're pregnant. It's another thing to go and hear all of the stuff that is about to happen, and you're the one who has to carry them. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary's response, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born on you, and he will be called the Son of God. That word that is used over there in the Greek for he will come on you is the same word that we have just been putting our minds to in Acts 1 8, where he says that I'm going, but the Holy Spirit is the one who will come on you and he will empower you that you can go out and be my witnesses. And we miss something because we think that we're going to receive this power just to go out and do some random acts. But we're here where this angel comes down and he delivers this incredible message to Mary. It is not just a fleeting little something that she's going to do. On Friday, we celebrated my son's 13th birthday. And all that time ago, when I found out I was pregnant, there is no way that I pictured today like today. There is no way that I pictured my son working for Mike. There is no way that I pictured my son working with Jerry. There is no way that I could imagine me being able to babysit my six-month-old little grandson last night and see that smile before I come to church this morning. There is no way I could have imagined that. But I had to grab hold of the truth and the doctor said, yes, Catherine, you are pregnant, and go, oh, wow, here we go. It wasn't a fleeting moment of receiving some news and then throwing it in the air and going, okay, well, that's it now. It was a lifetime commitment that I choose to participate in. I have to make that choice to participate. I have to make the choice to have a look at, at this, this child in front of me. I heard the promise that's in front of me. And likewise, I would liken that to our Holy Spirit encounter with the Father where He comes in and He says that you will carry something so amazing. You will not know what He's going to look like, but you need to know that it's right. You will not know how it's going to unfold day by day, but you need to know that I am faithful and that you can trust me. That incredible word in the Psalms for when he says that he will come on you, it says, what comes and leaves its appropriate, inevitable effects that build on that particular coming. We spend so much time waiting for these moments, these wow moments that we want to feel something before we walk out the door. And don't we realize that he's more interested in seeing the fruit that's going to come out of that. He's more interested in seeing the harvest that's going to come out of that. It's like, are you going to be faithful with the seed even when you do not see anything? Are you going to be faithful with the seed even when there is a drought and everybody is speaking doom and gloom? Are you going to be faithful with the seed even when you feel so tired and weary that you cannot see it coming to fulfillment, but you will hold on to me and believe when he says that he will do it. That word stresses the fitting results of the coming, even more so than the initial impact of the coming itself. Do we not realize how much God delights in being able to see you grow and mature? 
It must grieve him to see a church who are still crawling on the ground in nappies because they can't get onto their own two feet and start to run and enjoy it. There, that responsibility of having a community, of having a place where we can come together is because we can get to encourage one another. We can get to say, no, 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 you've fallen once, but get up and we'll try again. We heard Dean's testimony this morning about how many times God has just so faithfully brought him through. He doesn't just abandon you because you think you've got a couple of things wrong. And I feel that so many times we disqualify ourselves and we might be convinced that we are safe, but we are not necessarily confident in who we are. And there is a confidence that needs to come upon us because in that word confidence is that word bold. In that confidence is the, is the assurance. When you go and have a look at the dictionary, it's got a whole lot to say about you being self-confident in your ability to do things. Isn't it amazing that when you step into kingdom, there's no longer I but He. Yeah. I no longer need to worry about have I got the strength to get up again and face another day. I can look to the one who is my strength and say, Dad, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you can. Am I going to look when I open up the cupboards and there's nothing in the cupboards and glass? Let's get real because life is real. And when we go, I don't know how I'm going to make it, but God. Time and time and time again, we will hear the testimonies. We have to get to those places because that's when He shows up and He's so big and so great. You cannot deny it. If your cupboard is overflowing and full and suddenly somebody arrives with a meal for you, it's like, So he needed her to pay attention. She heard it. 
She heard. She wasn't just starstruck. She had to hear what it was that the angel was saying to her. And then she considered it. And once she considered it, she accepted it. And once she accepted it, she chose to live it. So I'm going to ask you, as you are sitting here as sons and daughters of the Most High God, as you are sitting here as ones who have been overshadowed by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, as you are the ones who are sitting here who God has placed seed inside of you, who He will see come to fulfillment, have you heard it? Have you heard it? Have you considered it? Have you started to dream about it? Have you started to picture it? Have you accepted it? And if you have accepted it, are you living it? Are you living it? Today things are super fancy with these young moms and dads who can go in here and these, these great boys and they can see the, the child's face before they even come into the world. But back in the day, we didn't have such amazing technology. We were really just happy to see the little arms and legs and then hopefully be able to see the little fingers and toes to know that everything was there. So perhaps all you can see is a hazy picture of who it is that you're going to be in Christ. But isn't it amazing to know that he doesn't need a fancy 40 scan, he sees exactly who you are. Because he sees himself. Jim, you can come up. He sees himself in you. Because that's why we're here. He's given us a gift and he's given us the ability to do everything that he desires. And yes, there are angels present in our day. Sometimes we're just too ignorant and blind to be mindful of them. And Holy Spirit is right here. But Mary had to make a decision. Because when she was told she was going to have this baby, her life didn't look like it was set up for carrying this king. And then, not only is she now going to carry the king and birth the king, she doesn't get a fancy hotel room private room in a private hospital. <laughs> she gets a major in a stable. And then not only does she get the stable experience, but then there is this, this notice that is sent out and all the young children under two are killed, looking for this king that she's had to carry. Are you noticing that there wasn't such a grand understanding of this majestic gift that she was given? But every day she got up. And how can I say that with confidence? Because she was there, right at the end, when he hung on the cross, and she could look at her son and say, that is the king, because she had the bold assurance inside of her that if God has said it, God will do it. So you and I may not always understand what life is looking like. But we do need to choose to walk in we do need to choose to be intentional in how we pray. We do need to be intentional about how we live. We do need to be intentional about how we worship. There is the song that I was listening to. I'm going to end up with this. I'm just trying to need to go and find coffee and some tea because it's almost like a Right. There is something that's reading this. 
is a, is a, is a song out of my city worship, um, getting ready. And the first time I listened to the song, just I don't know, I love it. And then I thought I would go and actually look for the scripture. And well, it was like I understood why it so comes alive in my spirit because it is the word of God, which is the spirit of God, and I sing and I sing. Revelation 19, and then I heard the sound, I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints, and then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, and he added, These are the true words of God. And in verse 11 he says, And then I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges, and he makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and his head on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. And he was dressed in robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. My friends, we've been invited to the wedding we have a place at the table that was bought for the price. Because when you continue to read, we come up behind and we're all nice and clean. He's paid the price. He's paid the price that we have come. And it is not for us to decide who we think should and should not be allowed into the kingdom. It is for us to say that there is an open heaven, there is an open invitation, and there are many who have chosen not to receive the truth. But we will keep declaring the truth because the one who is faithful and true is coming for us. And we want everybody to know that there is a place at the table. There is a place at the table. And it is with that kind of childlike joy that we get to sit at the table. Because we don't need to fear being kicked out. We don't need to fear being blindsided. We don't need to be all judgmental and crazy. We can come in and freedom. So let's stand and just finish with this one. And I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know where you're at with your journey, whether you're listening, still trying to be con convinced, considering His truth, accepting it or even knowing it. I don't know where you stand. And it doesn't matter. Because that's between you and God. A call with an urgency for us to be able to spend time with God one on one and say, Father, would you show me what it is that I need to be doing? Because an altar call might give you a touch, but we don't need you to have a touch, we need you to have a lifestyle. And we have received so much healing ourselves in prayer lines, we have received so much healing ourselves, and able to fellowship one with another. But the most powerful healing comes when you can look.
that I am yours, I will trust you to see this through to the end. Not because of my abilities, but because of your faithfulness. And I will leave you with this question, are you confident in your faith or are you floundering in fear? And if you are floundering in fear, which many of us find ourselves doing at times, we would love to pray for you. But I need you to have it stir inside of you that you have the Almighty inside of you who has rebuked that fear. The enemy is petrified of you grabbing hold of the truth because he knows that when you do, you mean business. Because you are about your father's business. So Father, I pray for us this morning that we would have confidence and a bold assurance, God, that we have been assigned, that we have been equipped, that, Father, that we can with confidence say, but God, when we face anything in life, because you are faithful and true. In Jesus' name.